DJ and PK, it is time to talk playoff basketball with Dan Feldman. Covers the NBA for NBC Sports and Pro Basketball Talk. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Dan, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Dan, you are stealing money watching Luka Doncic and Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. Do you feel bad about that? <laughs> no, not in the slightest. It's a it's a blast to watch them. Uh, you know, I know where I'm talking. Donovan Mitchell, especially, is uh, is the the cream of that young crop. Yeah, right now, I mean, there's so many young guys who are playing really, really well. We had Kenny Smith on the other day, and he was talking about one of the reasons he thought these younger guys have advanced their game is because he believes that, in the case of Donovan Mitchell, the layoff was akin to a summer break, an offseason. So he looks at it like Donovan is now is in his fourth year. Uh, somebody like Doncic would be in his third year because they had that time during the quarantine and the shutdown to improve if not physically, but certainly mentally, probably a combination of both. How much do you buy that the break actually advanced their games? Uh, that strikes me as the uh, the type of thing that people say to come up with a reason after the fact, right? Like, I, I don't remember all these people saying beforehand, before seeing the results, you know, yeah, this break, like these players are all going to advance, like I'm sure of it. You see the results and you come up with a narrative after. You know, there are players in that age range uh, who aren't playing their best right now. That goes both ways. You know, I, I do think in Donovan Mitchell's case specifically, I don't know how much it's the break, as maybe he would have been in a similar point anyway, but he has really advanced from prior postseasons. His ability to read a defense, see what's going on, uh, get to all the way to the basket or shoot a jumper or pass, like he is making the right play over and over. Uh, and he's probably even better equipped to make that play once he diagnoses what the right thing to do is. Uh, but I think he might have been ready for this if the playoff started on time. So I've heard one theory. I've had this presented to me. I'm curious if you buy off on it, that the Jazz uh, lost games on purpose to match up with the Nuggets, knowing that the Nuggets defensively just aren't going to provide the challenge that Houston does when they're switching everything. And that this is what the Jazz do to teams that play like this. It's not the first time that they're on the verge of winning a playoff series. You know, they beat the Clippers and they beat the Thunder uh, two and three years ago. And if they run into Houston again or the Clippers in the next round, will it be any different? Uh, you know, I, I think there might be something to that, but let's just start with this. I think the Rockets are better than the Nuggets. Like we can talk about styles and matchups, but the Rockets are just better. So I'd rather face the less good team in Denver, and that's especially true both in terms of team quality and with the matchups. Because uh, the Nuggets are without Gary Harris, they're without Will Barton, losing those two wings. I mean, that's big. Everybody recognizes Gary Harris as a good defender. Will Barton was having a pretty good defensive season. Uh, And so to not have either of them, the Jazz just have too many playmakers, too many offensive weapons uh, for Denver to keep up with. Uh, Nikola Jokic, flawed 
defender, Jamal Murray, flawed defender. And it's just easier to get those two involved over and over when there's not Gary Harris or Will Barton to cover for them. Uh, and, and so there's something to that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think there would be problems uh, in the next round, uh, assuming the Jazz get that far. Uh, because, number one, you're going to run into a better team. It's not just the style, it's just a better team. But, yeah, I think you're on to something with the style, too. How much concern do you have with the Clippers? Uh, with Dallas or with a potential yeah. Jazz matchup? Uh, uh, with so Dallas. I mean, the, the Mavericks look good. I mean, Luka Doncic is, uh, is a star. Uh, he is great. He is ready for this moment. It's so weird because it seemed like he was overwhelmed when the series started. He had like five turnovers in the first few minutes. He is not overwhelmed anymore. It's incredible. Uh, the Mavericks have good depth. And the Clippers are struggling to, to find something right now. Like, you know, they, they've got players still working their way into shape. Uh, they've got players injured. They're not as deep as, you know, they were expected to be coming in. I still think the Clippers win that series, but they should have some concern. Why do you switch a smaller defender onto Luka Doncic at the end of the game? <laughs> you had Kawhi Leonard on him for a half second there. Why not just stay on him? Honestly, if you double him in 3.7 seconds and they get an open shot, that almost feels like a better possibility. I'm with you, and I'll go one more. Why is Reggie Jackson in the game? Why, why do you have him there? Like, if you want to switch in that situation, if, you're, if you think you, know, you don't want to give an inch of space to anybody, okay, I get that. There might be something to that. But then why is Reggie Jackson in the game? That just opens up that possibility. Like, Reggie Jackson brings some things, right? He can handle the ball. He can shoot some. Uh, he can be that lead guard. Those are all offensive things. Defensively, get, get somebody else in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't understand it to, uh, on that regard. It's hard to argue there uh, that it was justification. How much do you think this shooting slump is in Paul George's mind? You know, it's funny. He put out that uh, Instagram post the other day saying, I, you know, I don't care what my critics think. Like, you know, uh, whatever. Like, you know, you're so concerned about my shooting. I'm not concerned about you. Who puts out an Instagram post saying how not concerned you are about somebody else if you're not actually concerned about them? I do think, I don't know if it was in his mind to start. Sometimes we overreact to small samples. Hey, guy had an off shooting night, whatever. But it seems to increasingly be on his mind. It's something like he's thinking about. He said uh, last night, yeah, this would be a different series if my shot were, were falling. And, you know, it does seem to be something he gets asked about a lot, something he thinks about. Uh, that makes it harder, I think, to overcome it. But he can contribute in other ways. He is right when he says, you know, he's not James Harden. He's not just a scorer. Uh, he's not a scorer on that level, even at his best. He needs to defend. He needs to do other things. And he's done some of those things at times. But no, when he's shooting like that, it makes it a lot harder for the Clippers. So curious whether shooting is easier for Mike Conley now that Bogdanovich isn't there. You don't have to share the ball. You don't have to get other guys involved. You're on the court. Donovan Mitchell is sitting down. If you got a shot, take it. How much does that make things easier? Well, it can go uh, both ways. Like you said, not sharing the ball as much, but you know, maybe you lose a little spacing without Bogdanovich out there. If you have, for example, Royce O'Neal out there instead. One thing I really think that's working for Mike Conley, besides just, you know, I think is a hot streak, an unsustainable hot streak to some degree. But the other thing is you've seen his pick and roll chemistry with Rudy Gobert improve throughout the year. Uh, Mike Conley, a very good pick and roll player. Rudy Gobert, a very good pick and roll player. They just had to figure each other out where they like to be, when they like to, uh, you know, deliver the ball and how and all that. And you see it improve 
throughout the whole season, and now it's really peaking. That makes it tough on defenders, and they're, you know, to some degree trying to make sure, hey, they're not going to get the lob to Rudy, uh, and so that leaves space for Conley, too. So we talked, saw two guys score 50 in Mitchell and Murray. How much do you think of that is because there's no home and away, they're both in the same arena, that is leading to this individual scoring explosions? Well, that's interesting. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't thought about that angle to it. Uh, that, that's interesting. There might be something to that. I mean, I think last night it was just Donovan Mitchell's in such complete command of the offense right now. He's making his shots. He, he feels good. He's exploding to the rim. He sees everything that's happening on the court uh, and reacts the right way. Uh, Jamal Murray also had a just very hot shooting game and it's tough to keep up with. Uh, yeah, maybe there's something to that, that, that if it were a, a typical game, one of them might might have had 54 and the other one 47. Maybe that moves them both toward the middle. That's, a, that's an interesting idea. I, you know, as, Again, one of those things where yeah, we come up with a narrative after the fact to explain what happened, uh, but it makes sense at least. Dan Veldman joins us. He covers the NBA for NBC Sports and Pro Basketball Talk. So you've seen, I think, 14 playoff games in the West now. If I let you re-pick it, who's coming out of the West now that you've seen these games? Oh, that's tough uh, because the favorites have not looked good. Uh, I've picked the Clippers beforehand, and uh, they have not looked great. Uh, the Lakers are the other popular pick, and uh, they've uh, kind of struggled through. I think I'm sticking with the Clippers, though. You know, They do have that top-end talent. They can get healthier. Uh, they can get in better shape from you know guys who are late to the bubbles. I see that room for improvement. I still think they have the upside, uh, and I still like the Rockets as a wild card pick. Like I thought before, like all the all the things they're doing are why I I thought they were dangerous. And one more thing to the Clippers, like I think the Mavericks were underrated. Uh, they lost some close games that could have gone either way. I like their depth. I think that might matter more in the bubble uh, when teams don't have you know, their top players in the very best shape. I'm not sure if players will be capable of handling the huge minutes like they typically do in a postseason. So I, I think the Mavericks are pretty good. I, I don't panic at the Clippers uh, struggling somewhat in the series. Paul George does have to get right. But I think I'll still go with the Clippers. But I'm at the point now I'm, I'm taking the field over any single team. Okay, I, I buy that the Mavericks were undervalued to an extent, but if I would have told you that they were playing without Porzingis, how much would you have bet on the Clippers winning that game? Yeah, that's uh, that's the other thing is, yes. Uh, I mean, he he was uh, so good in the previous game, Uh you know, inside, outside, offensively, defensively, like a real complete game. That is a big loss. Uh, but that's part of why I like the Mavericks' depth. Uh, not that I would expect them to win without Porzingis, but I just think, hey, they've got a little bit more of a chance than a typical team that's dealing with this kind of stuff. So how much pressure do you think is on a guy who misses a game who's got to come back after that performance? you got to do your thing, but you got to fit in. And they won without you, now you got to make sure they win with you. Yeah, but he's an easy player to fit around because he shoots, he spaces the floor. Like He makes it easy to fit in a lot of ways. And look, he's got some experience doing it. He got ejected earlier in the series and then came back and, and had a – an excellent game. Uh, so, you know, he, he's done that before, uh, and I think he could do that again. So over in the East, I don't know that they're necessarily the best team, but I think the most intriguing storyline for me is Toronto because of Kawhi Leonard leaving 
and to see if they can still do it. How much you buy them as a legitimate contender to get to the final? Yeah, I've got them in that uh, second tier of, of championship contenders. You know, tier one would be Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, and then tier two, Rockets, Raptors, Celtics. Uh, that might be it. Seems like that though in that range. Uh, the Raptors are really good. They play hard. They they have a bunch of smart players, so they can do some complex things, especially defensively. Nick Nurse is a is an excellent coach. My biggest concern for them though is when you get into a tight game deep in the playoffs, late, the pace slows, you need somebody to go score. Last year, that was Kawhi. Like, he did that so well. There's nobody on this team I trust. Pascal Siakam is new to being a go-to player. Like, he's, he's taken great strides. He's looked very good at times, but he's still inefficient. Like, he's still learning how to do it. Uh, Kyle Lowry hasn't really been built for those moments a lot of times. Like, he's got a great all-around game, does, does so many subtle things. It's not exactly what you want him to do. So there's not somebody I, I trust there but either one of them can make the shot Fred Van Vliet can make the shot like they got a chance well Dan continue to steal money watching these guys because <laughs> this is uh wildly entertaining and uh, some great individual performances and just enough upsets to put all our all our preconceptions on edge right here who who the heck knows we all make our picks but yeah, deep down you can't know as you sit here this morning yeah, no, I mean, it's it's been fun. Like, it's the NBA playoffs. It's, uh, you know, we spent all this time talking asterisk. Uh, the main argument against an asterisk is it feels normal, and that's fun. Dan, appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me.